0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and
1: girls. Uh, welcome back to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We
0: apologize for any inconvenience this may cause. Each week, these idiots wear cocktails with comic books. We're a
1: drinking podcast. We're the comic book problem. If Brian gets his shit together, it'll be. No, getting we can just
0: interview. play
1: Brian. It's,
0: Girl,
1: it's we all bro- hey. Oh man, that would have been brilliant. Really- you're all I knew mean, that was gonna get dangerous. Shake the shit out of it. Pointing out the errors in my way. Yay! Hey. I know it's my own damn fault. Okay. Great. I'm,
0: I'm on Zoom on the weekend Yay! Yeah.
1: Thank you for your understanding and please enjoy the show. I don't know how much look we gonna keep that. Hey, and welcome to uh, another episode of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. Uh, this week, we are starting our month of Indigenous People Comics. Actually, now that I realize that, that is actually the perfect title of it, because a lot of these are Canadian, I've come to find out. Uh, so Native Americans is definitely not the right response either. Well, uh,
2: Canadians are
3: Americans. So. No,
1: no, no. As we've all learned, they came from Israel. <laughs> In a boat. Uh, Only for for viewers or listeners outside of Utah. I'm sorry for that joke. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, speaking the rest of, of them
2: went under earth.
1: What is this one? I don't know this one. You don't know the under-earthers? Is this that weird family that's at your wife's school? You
2: no, know, it was a different school, but it's a real deal. But some are saying like the 13th tribe when it reemerges is because they've been under the earth's crust all this time, and that's why no one can find them until it's time, because they're going to come out from the inner Earth, and that's when they're going to show up and raise
3: all havoc.
0: Well, I'm sure that will be December of this year, because that's how (laughs) 2020 is
3: going. (laughs) Oh, so you're saying they're the crab people from South Park. (laughs) Crab.
0: people.
3: (laughs) Wow. Dude, hey, people's
2: fiction is amazing.
3: (laughs) 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 My game. Game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, speaking of fiction, we have Mr. Adam with us. Hi, Mr. Adam. I don't know why I'm tying you into fiction, but I am. Hello, how are you? I, I generally write
3: about fiction when I'm allowed to actually, you know, do movies and stuff. Yes. Yeah, uh, but yeah, doing up here in Utah as uh, we record this, I just kind of started my new job at my work. Uh, Hooray! Yay! Yay! It's uh, kind of still transitioning. I'm... I'm by i'm in my old position partially because i have to train the person who's taking over that spot but yeah so far i've got a lot to learn but i, I i'm loving it and i i used to do things for big shiny robot but it's kind of hard right now with a uh, you know going to movie theaters when there are no movies being put in theaters although i did think it was funny that my studio rep sent an email to all of us last week being like just remember when you start reviewing movies you got to send your reviews to this email i'm like what no i mean even if i could go see a movie in a screening which is you know we could socially distance we could keep Mm -hmm. things apart we'd all be wearing masks the the ethical conundrum becomes do i want to encourage people to go to a theater so let's go see about what drive-in theaters the problem is though is that i don't think a lot of the drive-ins are getting these big movies that i've Um. seen i've only seen that they're being like in the amcs and the the Regal Cinema.
2: I thought I saw somewhere Tenet is going to be at the drive-in theaters.
3: If Tenet is at the drive-in, I'll be the first one there. Uh, okay. But, you know, if you think about it, how many drive-ins are across the country? I mean, I know there are some Not retailers who are turning their are turning doing drive-in movie night by turning part of their parking lot into it with a mm-hmm. screen and everything.
1: But they're like kind of like pop-up theaters, so... Well, there've been a few old ones that've revived. I went. I've been to one in Arizona a couple times, but they've done like the first time I went there, it was like a double feature of the first two Hunger Games movies, and then I went again, yeah. and it was uh, great. actually great billing. It was uh, uh, Goonies and uh, Gremlins, which was actually a nice '80s double oh, feature. which actually pretty fun. It was a good little feature. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I just that's kind of what we're stuck in
3: as far as like I do want to go see stuff again. I want to review it. But how do I do that ethically where I'm not encouraging people to go into a place? Because they've said that people went to see in theaters that have reopened. The moment the lights went down, everyone takes their masks off. Oh, you can't sucks. really eat popcorn with a mask on. So
2: I heard how Miss Blazer came and did a set at Wise Guys
1: in July here in Utah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, did she do a drive-in? Because she was doing a drive-in version in L.A. too, in the parking lot of the Magic Castle.
2: We said uh wise guys was about it was about one quarter filled oh interesting is what they had allowed it to i don't know how a joint can stay in business at one quarter capacity
1: yeah i mean that's the other big question i have like regarding my job is at a certain point in time the amount of people to um like actually operate the place, like it's not worth it for the limited amount of people you can have in it, um, and that kind of thing. Anyway, that like gets way too into the weeds. Uh, and who knows how much that I'll keep because that's all really boring COVID inside baseball shit. Anyway, uh, also a huge fan of Zoom meetings, and on uh, their brand new machine, we have Mr. Todd. Hi, Todd. Hey.
2: I also dream in digital because uh, <laughs> you know Adam writes in fiction. Mm-hmm. So there's a reference to a oh, early 2000s band.
1: Oh, what are you referencing? Orgy? Oh, is that the name of the band? Oh, okay. No, see, was I, went to, band was Orgy.
3: I went to Bad Religion with 21st Century Digital Boy. So.
2: Oh, okay. oh, yeah. They had a song called Fiction where she dreams in digital. Mm.
1: See,
2: so, yeah, apparently it was a really deep cut and a bad reference.
1: Cool. Yeah, so Todd's here. Um, yep. But perhaps the biggest fan. Of the Zoom, we have the one, the only, <laughs> the Elena.
0: Hi, I'm Elena. I am a Zoom queen at the moment. <laughs> uh, all I do is sit on Zoom. I'm an event manager out of New York, soon to be Denver. Hooray! Denver, yeah, we'll be living in Denver. Um, and yes, I, I live in Zoom hell. So, Welcome. <laughs>
1: That's going to be the name of an album at some point in time. I live in Zoom hell.
0: Well, I, I was ready to say welcome to my nightmare, and I was like, isn't that Alice Cooper?
1: It is, and, and not a bad song either. Um, yeah. So, uh, anyway, so, yeah, so this week we are doing a book called uh, Three Feathers. Um, I know Todd doesn't have hey, a copy of hey, the book. Hey, hey, who, hey, hey, Who are you? Oh, who am I? Oh, uh, I'm Brian. Yeah. Um,
3: yeah.
1: I do audio shit um, and uh, uh-huh. all that sort of stuff uh okay. yeah uh, lots of things i can't talk about right now anyway uh, dun, dun, dun. uh yeah <laughs> uh no i was actually today i was working on uh like just for my own personal amusement i was working on a cv of all the fucking shows that i've done and i remembered mm-hmm. when we got a uh a drinking game for the show and on it was Brian mentions theater. And I was looking at the list of shows that I can just remember off the top of my head. And I was like, Oh fuck. I've right. got a lot of fucking shows and not all of them. Good. In fact, most of them probably not good, but anyway, that's how it goes. I mean, that doesn't even count one... the one of the Chippendales. I know. Right.
0: <laughs> well, and you've done one that is wonderfully fantastic. So, I, and I
1: did that one twice, actually. I know. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, there's a few shows I've done twice, actually not remounts, but like just have done the same script twice. Um, on Golden Pond and Forever Plaid, which should be no surprise to anyone who lives in Utah that I've done Forever Plaid twice. Um, no, yeah. No. anyway, and then the other. Well, then one there's,
3: there's the one that I was indirectly in. You were in Forever Plaid. No, I was in uh, Macbeth. Oh, that's right. You oh. used a drop of me into like the crazy music from a Macbeth, which made sense because I was going through my insane bipolar depression <laughs> at the time. So,
1: right. <laughs> There have been a lot of family friends of mine um, who have unknowingly been in a lot of theatrical <laughs> presentations, um, or I have somehow referenced them without them knowing, or without with them knowing. So, uh, anyway, yeah. So our first book uh, this week is called Three Feathers. I don't have my book in front of me because I keep setting it places and then forgetting. Uh, Adam, who wrote this book? Could you? Tell uh, yes, this
3: it? was written by Richard Van Camp. If I'm reading this right. And the art was done by K. Mateus.
1: Yes. And I don't remember. Richard is a member of a tribe in the Northwest Territories. Um, he is Canadian, and this book is funded by a Canadian uh, heritage storytelling kind of group. Um, I don't remember. He is
3: name. a member of the, I'm going to murder this, the Talisho Nation from Fort Smith, Northwest Territories. Yes.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. But so this is a. A pretty simple uh it's a it's a fun little read, but it's a very short read. it's mm-hmm. almost like it's collected as one trade, but it's actually essentially one issue it feels like or maybe a one an issue yeah um, and uh like we had discussed this on the side because we review comic books and things like that, uh, we're going to review this for the uh, art and for the writing and the storytelling, but we can't necessarily make any sort of comment on the cultural accuracy uh, or depiction of that. I mean we can talk about universal experiences and things like that but like like we said we we are a bunch of white people who are trying to become more versed in more than our little white home cultures but uh that also means that we don't know shit about what we're talking about so we're going to try to do our best um so we apologize if we are not fully well aware of certain aspects of certain cultures that seemed like a good i
2: still remember the sign language to the feather song from elementary school
1: I don't even know what this is, and who knows if it's even accurate at this point in time. I was going to say it's <laughs> sign language. Yeah,
2: no, no, it's terrible. It's like I like when I go in earn my feather. Does that ring a bell, Brian?
1: Vaguely, it sounds so just. like my
2: spawn in your feather.
1: Yeah, that sounds racist enough to be in a Utah elementary school. Uh, oh
2: yeah, it, it, it's, I'm glad there's no video footage of the, or picture footage of this.
1: <sighs> the 80s and the 90s were a fucked up time. Let's. What, we, what can we say? Anyway. <laughs> So we're trying to propel ourselves past our horrible upbringing. So to help us cope with that, we often have an alcoholic beverage. So, Mr. Adam, what do you want to drink for this
3: week? So uh, this one's kind of unique. We've never done this before. Uh, it's called Moose Nose. Okay. Uh, and to make this, it's, you actually, uh, you're actually you going to take a blender bottle, with the kind of with a little like metal... Um, oh, like a, a sugar bottle? bottle. Like for... Yeah. Uh, like. Um, Protein shakes and shit. Protein shakes, yeah. You're going to yeah. put that in the freezer till so it gets nice and cold. Okay. Uh, you're going to add one quarter cup of vanilla ice cream, one quarter cup of milk, uh, one shot of dark rum, one shot of Kahlua or any other kind of you know coffee liqueur you have, and then one shot of vodka. You're going to uh, put the top on, shake the shit out of it, kind of make like a little milkshake consistency, and then pour it into
1: a cup and garnish with a little bit of nutmeg. You've just answered a the lifelong problem. problem that I have had, and that yeah. makes a lot more sense. Hmm. In the making of alcoholic milkshakes, the blending always seems to fuck it up in some way because it gets, like, all sort of the consistency gets fucked up with the alcohol and ice cream combination. But that shaker bottle, I feel like, would help break it up enough that it was, the ice cream is distributed within the alcohol. No, and yeah. so it was, like, you know, it was created as one item, but it wasn't, uh, you know, because we used to have... Uh, a fairly strong tradition, unfortunately, this was after Lena left school, but we would every Friday we would get together and we would uh, make alcoholic milkshakes and play Mario Kart and yell at each other um, which was a fun That sounds like a lovely time. I would love to do that it was a gr- we should do it just for fun because it's a great tradition, <laughs> but uh, that sounds like it would be something that would work really, really well for yeah. one of those evenings but uh this this recipe originally was supposed to be kind of like a
3: a party recipe, so I had to play with the recipe and scale it down from like a gallon of ice cream, and like, oh, it yeah. was like it was like a gallon of ice cream and a whole bottle of rum. But uh, they did let me scale it, so this is. It sounds really, really good.
1: I just yeah, uh, it really does. I don't have. It I would have made it, but I don't have any rum. Uh, did I yeah, show you my I... crazy bottle of rum I have? Is the rum any good? You know what? I made it in a different drink, and I I don't even really I don't think I tasted it. I, I use it for <laughs> daiquiris, and I I mean it was fine in those daiquiris, but I don't think I've tasted it by itself. Should I try it? Yeah, do terrified. it. Well, it's, it's sweet, sweet. Sweet.
0: Shots from it LMF dark air. rum.
1: You don't have to do a shot; just taste it. I'm just gonna taste it if I can get the damn stopper <laughs> out of it. Okay. Is it funky? It's not. It's more bourbony than I expected, though. That okay, kind of interesting. Like it has. Um, it's nice and sweet. It's well, it's almost smokier than I expected it to be, especially for a rice. That's actually pretty good. It's weird. It's not what I was expecting out of a rum. Like that's the thing is like <laughs> let's like let's be one hundred percent honest. I bought it because the fucking bottle looked cool. Like you know what I mean. And not often when you sure. do that is the alcohol any good? Skull. Um, no. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs>
2: um, right, skullhead vodka. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah, like cool fucking bottle, but like shitty vodka. So like I didn't have a lot of hope for that. It's uh, hitting me kind of hard already, but. um... <laughs> <laughs> good. Be you lightweight bitch, dude. I a
2: McSweeney's eighteen year. I'm sorry. What was that? McSweeney's eighteen year rom is good.
1: Okay.
3: Yeah. Oh, I, so we found um, this. It's like a, a sports bar up here called the Huddle, and it's you go inside and you got TVs playing, you know, stuff. I and mean, actually, it was Clark's first bar. He'd never been to a bar since he turned twenty one. Oh, I'm like I was, hey, I was about to ask, like,
1: hey, is Clark old enough to go to enough. a bar?
3: He is now, yes. So we went there because uh, we were telling, we heard about how they have such a great whiskey selection. Now, my buddy's girlfriend is a is a waitress there, and I'll be damned, like they have this like little book about this thick, which you can't see on podcasts. This a one lovely medium to do that mm-hmm. in uh, half inch thick of all these whiskeys, and they've got like the Pappy Van Winkles, they've got you know, all of these like and they're happy like the 10, 15, and 20 years. Not worth the money, man. Yeah. Well, and a buddy of ours, he uh oh, wow. he was going through kind of a hard time, but the company he's in just went public. And so kind of like when UPS went public, like overnight he became a millionaire. Yeah. Gets over him. there and he's like, we're all you know, he's he's buying I didn't I was trying to keep it cheap. I didn't want to invest in something that was gonna cost him money, even though he probably could afford it. Mm-hmm. Uh but it, if you go through it, it's a you know they do the social distancing thing. Take your mask off when you sit down. It was kind of so weird for me, but it's a damn fine little little dive sports bar. I was really happy okay. to see it. And they're they're really inexpensive. Like Saturday nights are our uh, whiskey nights. Were Everything's like half off? off. So holy
1: crap! You're the most talkative cat in the world. What the fuck, man? Sorry, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know. yeah. Damn. You know that one day we'll start <laughs> repeating those words back to you like my kid did today. Oh yeah, what did what did Arya say? It rhymes with cluck. Oh, wow. rhymes with... oh, I'm so proud of you. I wish I could have recorded it. Oh, but you, you should. should have fall. She's like, Ugh.
1: You should. Oh my god. That is just wonderful. She's not even two.
3: She's not even two. Oh my gosh. That's um, right. You are honestly. I'm very proud of you and Amy as parents. I really, yes. truly am. I, I'm not being sarcastic. <laughs> no,
1: you guys are amazing parents. Well, thank you. You say
0: it or not, the kid like Tori said it without realizing it, even when she was little. So kids yeah. just say
3: stupid shit. They absorb oh. like crazy. Just you know, we're we're going on tangents because this book is very, very short. It is very, very <laughs> short.
1: I like it, but it's very, very short. And we'll see how much of this I have kept in. Um, although I have to leave in that, you know, Todd's daughter said fuck because I mean, that's just we have this marked and discussed and our pride for her. So that when she's older and she goes back and listens to these horrible things that her father said while being recorded, um, she will know. You're how proud right. of her. We're very proud of you, Aria. Congratulations. Well done. Well done, kid. That's anyway, right. uh, let's jump into drinking games. Oh, do you have one? OK, go for it. Todd.
2: Every time there's
1: a feather. On the page? (laughs) I thought mine was mean. That's fucking worse. Uh, Landa, what is yours?
0: (laughs) Um, on the land. Every time they mention on the land. Wow. Take a drink.
1: Also Mm. pretty evil. Adam, what is yours? So this one ties into religion. It's the,
3: your god is wrong!
1: (laughs) Every time they, uh, refer to the creator. Take a drink. Okay, and mine, mine is burn, baby burn every time they reference fire take a drink <laughs> <laughs> i do not recommend using all of those drinking games all those at all <laughs> at all just pick, pick one. one just yeah. pick one please for the yeah, love as long of
2: you're drinking like a seltzer you'd be okay yeah i mean
1: the truly i have here will be fine which i mean it makes me so fucking california hipster it's not even funny but tasty nonetheless but anyway
2: You want to be Brian without
1: it? (laughs) I don't want to take that. You're my favorite hipster, Brian. I don't think I can be your favorite hipster. I don't don't think I am the most hipster person you know. I didn't say
2: the most hipster. You're just my favorite one.
1: Oh, then I'll take that. There you go.
0: I love the fact that you called him hipster, Todd, because Brian has spent the last two years giving me shit about the neighborhood i used to live in in denver well Let's which i'm now moving back, back into to. <laughs> of
1: course yes same
0: neighborhood yeah same same building i'm literally moving into the same unit just one floor up
1: to which i uh, yeah. responded you're gonna come home drunk one night and try to go into the wrong apartment that's what's gonna happen Dude, that's which I said,
0: possibly or maybe because i'll never you know never say never yeah uh, if i'm that hammered i may end up going to my old
2: apartment <laughs> <laughs> like, talk with them beforehand. like if this happens send me the
1: right spot it's up yeah. here
0: just be like, like just turn me around and send me back
1: upstairs <laughs> i'm just <laughs> of the days like i've gone to the parking lot and been like why the fuck what my car open and then i go oh wait that's not my car and then walk <laughs> across the parking lot like this is like sure. one floor up the temptation is way too there like it's not even funny
0: right okay I am sorry. I do want to have the conversation. We are never going to get through this book.
1: I know. If okay. We
0: okay. Talk about it. It's it
1: yeah, 20
0: it? pages.
1: Okay. Okay. So we have this tiny book. It's 12 pages, 20 pages, something like that. Uh, the basic gist of it is there are some uh, young men who are wreaking t- havoc in their community, and they are, as punishment, sent to go live um, on the land with a uh, elderly couple who helps basically teach them more of the ways of living in peace with nature and of their community and of their cultural heritage. And they basically turn their lives around and come back not nearly the assholes they were when they left. Um, does that seem like a fair assessment to everyone? Okay. yes. Okay, yeah. thank you for speeding us along, Elena. Because obviously, we would wander off the rails significantly tonight. <laughs> um, see, we normally do this with books that we didn't like uh, or books
3: that are bleh, But like, yeah. I like the book. It just—it's so short. There's not that we can—the summation you had. Now, it's just talk about yeah. the art and stuff. So, it's just there's there's so little there. That's the only—that's my only complaint about. Yeah,
1: I like I like yeah. the book. I thought it was very well written. Um, my only beef with it was that if felt like the ending was a little lord of the rings ending for me like it kind of felt like it started repeating the same thing a couple times at the end of like and i get that they were like trying to tie in or tie together all the different stories of the different characters but it felt like there was a nice cumulative ending for them and they kind of kept repeating the same path just a little bit like that's not a major critique like i still will give this book very high marks i actually really enjoyed it but like that was my only minor little beef with this book um, well, because, like, you know, like Lord of the Rings, the movies, like, in between those little segues, much like the book, there is a huge orgy between them all. Oh, really? So, oh, yes. Okay. That's the excuse I mean, for the Lord uh, of the Rings. I mean, that makes me appreciate the Lord of the Rings a little bit more.
3: I mean, little bit more. Or, like, okay. so you can't see this, because we're, we're on video chat when we do this, <laughs> and she's over there like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like... <laughs> Oh my god! Like we just like I just lectured the fuckers about not doing this, and then Adam had to find the goddamn little bottle of vodka that he thought was a (laughs) water
1: bottle. And I'm gonna get a bitchy text from Brian tomorrow. And and if and if it helps, my girlfriend is like. Lena must be a saint for putting up with you guys. And I'm like, she is. She really is.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, Ellen knows. She yeah. gets it. <laughs>
1: she gets it. That's why you two have a mutual admiration society. It's actually very cute. You both think, <laughs> you get, you both think the other is like super cool and awesome. I kind of love it. It's so great. Uh, I said something. Like, I was, Girl, I've been there. Oh uh, my god. That. Yeah. <laughs> and Ellen's been like, that's because Lena's a badass chick. And I was like, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. That's <laughs> we agree. So anyway. Okay.
0: Okay, so here's my thought on this book.
1: <laughs> Let's do it. Bring yeah. it on.
0: I liked it. I like I mean obvious. it feels very fable-y to me. Okay. I get you. Um I wish it was a little bit longer. I mean, I yeah. can't believe I'm saying that because I feel like the reason it feels so repetitive is because you didn't get any real really big backstory on what was going on. It felt very much like here are some bad people. Yeah. This is how they became good. Now, I like the fact that they when they didn't go to like jail. I mean, I did like the fact that like, you're going to go live on the land and this old couple is going to let you see that there's, you know, to rehabilitate them. Yeah. In a different, you know, in in this kind of way which I love. But I would have liked to have more backstory mm-hmm. on what Because I feel like halfway through is when you realize that, like, they didn't have, and maybe I read this Mm -hmm. too fast, they didn't have dads?
1: They they definitely didn't have good home lives. I don't know if they went into real detail on all of them, but they did mention that on at least a couple of them, and yeah.
0: So that's, I mean, that's the kind of thing. I would have really liked to have had a little bit more on the boys prior to them getting caught and being Mm -hmm. sentenced to this like nine months out into the wilderness kind of thing. And so it just, that's my only real big critique on this is Mm -hmm. I like, I think had there been 10 pages at the beginning Mm-hmm. that told us a little bit more about what was going on. Cause at first I was really confused. Cause I'm like, who is this old man? Mm-hmm. Like, is this, it, is this somebody he knows? Is it not? And then I realized, no, it isn't somebody he knows. And he ends up in a wheelchair. And it's like, I would have liked 10 more pages. Like that's mm-hmm. it. 10 more pages. that could have told me who are these people. Um, and I, you know, being that I love, um, all things hearing after my past life with hearing implants
3: mm-hmm.
0: um i did kind of like the fact that one of the the uh guys was deaf mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. me too and learning sign doing sign language and, and everything else yeah
0: and i liked that within that every time he signed something the word bubble was like dashed mm-hmm. uh, instead of like a uh, actual solid line mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um that that kind of stuff. Like, there was, there was some really good thought into this. Um, I Again, I just wish it, there was, like, ten more pages at the beginning that gave us more insight into who the three main, like, guys were. And it was um, Rupert, Bryce, and Flinch.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So I, I would have liked a little bit more on the three of them. Mm -hmm. Right, and i and like even if it started the same way where it's like they came back from the land and 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 talking about the um you know the the different animals and and kind of what they are but once they hit the nine months earlier i really Mm would have liked to have gone back like a year Mm -hmm. (laughs) and given me just a little bit more information on who these guys are um and it's, I'm usually not one for a ton of exposition or anything, but this, I would have, I mean, this was good enough for me to want a little bit more from it.
2: It seems to me that it was edited by um, a committee that is trying to get a message out and did not want to glorify those that are off the path. This oh, is, this is what you need start. to learn. And it's also a bit of a primer of how do we let the youngins know some of our beliefs and meet them where they are reading kind of a deal? Because you look at who it was funded by and I bet those that were funding it were part of the editorial team.
0: Mm. No, that makes sense looking at it that yeah. way. But I think so, there's a way to get a, a sense of who these boys are without. Right. Cause you want buy in the main
2: character. Right, yeah. Like, oh, I identify with them versus, oh, they're, they're wrong. Let me teach you the right way. And I'm like, don't dismiss them so quickly.
0: Yes. I guess that's my, my thing is that I feel like I, I understand. I, actually, that makes a lot more sense kind of what you're, with the, what you're talking about. But I still mm-hmm. think there, was, there would be a way to give a little bit more background and insight as to who these boys are without it just sure. being their specific actions it felt like at the beginning it was all about their actions and then towards the end they started talking like in the middle and the end it started to go more into they didn't have very good home lives and so you got glimpses but it would have been nice to have had it expanded at least a little bit more um mm-hmm. than it was.
3: And what's really interesting too is I my thoughts are very, very similar to yours as far as when I was reading this it kind of felt like a tale that would be passed down. Like it was like an educational tale that you'd hear from your parents or grandparents about, Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, this thing happened and it was that I love that feel of it. But in the same way that you felt we could have had more backstory, the one thing that actually did bug me was, you know, at the trial before they're sent out on the land to live for nine months. I mean, the the one kid stands up and he's like saying, Oh, you're going to send us out, but you're the hypocrites. You know, we just stole your weed and your pills and this and that. And like, here you are who have your, you know, you're, you're the ones who have the problems, but you're calling us out because of this reason or that reason, whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they head out, they go meet the elderly couple and start living with them. And it was like all that rebellion just like magically went away. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's a, it's a really sweet story about people like, like coming of age, learning how to kind of connect with their, their history. But much as you would have liked to have seen the, The home life before that i wanted to see more of how these kids became how they came around and how they started actually learning these lessons because you know as much as it's maybe it is unrealistic you know you've got these rebels who suddenly just like oh we were wrong let's just keep this fire going (laughs) uh you know there's that part didn't feel earned and Uh i I think with kind of uh redemption story which is what this is it's a sweet wonderful little redemption story there's got to be that struggle beforehand that the characters do have to have that moment of learning so you know it's and it's not the same bad like you know so oh you know like oh fuck the fire let's let it go out it doesn't mean that one of the people has to die or anything but there should have been consequences for their actions and it just kind of felt like oh we went out here and we just suddenly were like yay we're gonna do this and learn our lesson and it was a good lesson to learn don't don't get me wrong on that but some of the redemption just didn't feel earned. And mm. that's what I want to see in these kind of stories.
1: Well, and I think part of what it, the story and the redemption for me was about the the ability of a community to, A, help raise these these boys and sort of help teach them rather than punish them. And also these boys identifying the need of their own little community of the three or five of them, depending on how you want to calculate it out. And the need to you know watch out for each other and uh help provide for each other by keeping track of the fire and i think that that was the lesson they're supposed to take out of but i don't necessarily know if that was as explicitly explained um but i did like the the general idea of um of of seeing kids who, and I'm, i know this is not always a situation that would work but i've seen these kids who have fallen off of you know um a path that is going to lead somewhere good and rather than just throwing them in jail or whatever they you know the community tries to you know basically give them an opportunity to um, to learn more about themselves and about you know the importance of community and all that kind of stuff so i i think that was really good the other thing that kind of reminded me of is um, there was i had a friend uh growing up who sort of i don't know how much trouble they were really in they were a little bit trouble by utah standards so who knows how that was either a lot or not a lot at all but they ended up going to like sort of this outward bound kind of i don't know camp type thing where like they were taken out and you know hiked around the desert for, you know, a month or two. and stuff. Oh, like that. so the, for,
3: they were gay. Okay, gotcha.
1: They weren't gay, actually, but um, at least not to my knowledge. From what I understood, it was more about drugs, but who knows. But, like, this seems to be the proper way of doing that, and it feels like, I'm like, oh, this is what those white people were trying to do, was trying to do this sort of community thing. But, like, you know, I don't know. Which, I mean, I don't know how common of a thing this is either. Like, I think this is a, uh, a really interesting concept uh, of, you know, how to actually deal with social problems, but that's that's a whole other bigger conversation. Uh, that well, no, popular. actually, when Lena was was first talking about it, it was the
3: first thing that popped up. And, you know, obviously this is a, a microcosm of, of, it's a society in and of itself. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's a history there and there's a, there's a culture that is unique to this village, this town. But the first thing that popped on my mind when Lena brought it up was, this is almost like an indictment of our, you know, and we could talk about, I don't know, can, 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 uh, Canada's that much as far as this goes, but an indictment of the uh, of the punishment system we have as far as people who you know do quote unquote bad things and get caught for mm-hmm. it, and um, just the way they're punished doesn't rehabilitate them. For a lot of people, it just empowers them to go off and do worse things,
1: uh, or, or, taking, or at least gives them the understanding that their life isn't necessarily worthwhile, and so they don't see the point in redemption either. Right, and, and that was oh. really one thing i loved about this was what was
3: really sweet was yes they were doing bad things and uh you know the one kid broke into someone's house got attacked attacked back and then when he hurt the guy he waited he called for help you know mm-hmm. it was like he wasn't there to be violent he was there to steal whatever he wanted mm-hmm. but the community was like no we, we know these kids you know like like have had a rough life they didn't have the family that a lot of people are blessed with so Let's help them learn a lesson that will make them better people, instead of just being like, "Oh, well, fuck them; they're just degenerates." So let's just get rid of them for x amount of time. That you know, this is a community that wants to invest in the people who live there, and I think that's that's a huge indictment of our current criminal justice system that we don't do that.
1: Well, and I think the other part of that um, is that the community is willing to uh, welcome them back and believe in their redemption when they're done. You know what I mean? Because it's like a lot of times in our current criminal system once you have you know jail time on your thing even if it's for something small it's going to be much more difficult for you to get a job and it's basically going to force you into patterns that aren't necessarily be helpful either so like there's like a two-fold thing on the behalf of the community in this that i think is what makes them actually um very compelling but almost sort of like the sleeper hero of the story of being able to not only not necessarily just see what uh what people need in order to help them develop and get past their problems, but also being able to um welcome them back with open arms um, when they have uh, worked for that redemption and making moose nose obviously yes, yes mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious about that soup too that they mentioned in the book. Uh, I try it It looks interesting. I don't know if I want to have it, but it looks interesting nonetheless. yeah I like it. cool. Uh, anybody else have any thoughts on this book? I mean, it is a very short book. So, any thoughts on this book? that they want to to discuss?
3: I mean, well, Todd hasn't
1: really said much.
2: The um, I enjoy the artwork because, as the you know, as the um, people they were staring with were weaving their stories, you always had a bit of this, uh, like mystical imagination going around as they're mm-hmm. weaving this, like a bit of magic dust thrown into the air, mm-hmm. and those touches were nice that I had. You had this story and then they're out in nature and they kind of seen these things. And like, it just kind of was a level of enhancement. Mm-hmm. The um, art in and of itself was not um terribly. It's not a, it's not the most intricate art by any means, but I felt it was very effective. And uh, I thought yeah. it did a really good job there.
1: It's so effective. It's clean. Uh, um, it's a uh, classic good art, but I, I kind of agree with you that I feel like in those, those intricate moments where they sort of had that mythical thing. I actually think that that was some of the most powerful stuff they did. And I almost wish that mm-hmm. there was more ability to do that more throughout the entire book. But I think there was also a connection between their spiritual realization and you know, the actual technical aspects of the story that I think were right. really counterbalanced there.
2: And looking about it, cause I was looking at it and it's all about, you know, it's um, I like to think about motivation and people and the creators behind it the way this was done a bit is they wanted to do something for the people today, but at the same time, how do you keep a story evergreen? Yeah. And I think they worked hard on this to be an evergreen and not pigeonhole it too much into any one point in time. They're going, Oh, look, do you see that style they're wearing? See how this is all out of style. I don't want to read it now. They did a good enough job with the art that that was not the case. Yeah. So as much as, um, we have the rival complaints. We don't understand the backstory of the main characters. What stories it was telling, I think did it in such a way that it'll hold up 20 years from now Mm -hmm. and we'll get the same thing out of it. And we're not going to feel like it was terribly dated. So they did a good job with making it an evergreen type of a deal. Yeah. So I enjoyed that part of it too. I mean, if it's, and you go back to who funded it and what was the point and why was this created is, um, we're not the target audience. I do not believe for this. I think it's no. more for uh, education of the um, people for themselves. And if others enjoy it, by all means, they're not going to push that away. But I don't think we're the core demographic for this.
1: I, I'm going to slightly disagree with you, to be honest with you. Um, I, right. think, j- I think just because a comic or a story oh. is about a specific um, group and is written towards them, doesn't necessarily mean that there isn't a sense of trying to get a greater deal of understanding from an outside public that is interested and willing to learn.
2: By all means, but we are not the um, primary objective. As a secondary and a thing of hopes, by all, yes, absolutely. I'm not saying we're being excluded, but I don't think we were first here.
3: I'm on both your sides, actually. I think there, that there are universal truths in this book that anyone can mm-hmm. understand. No matter mm-hmm. what your um, your heritage, nationality, everything else. But sure. that being said, I do think there are a lot of nuances in this book that are going to apply to people who either one identify with the, this culture or have similar uh, <clears throat> similar things in their culture that will apply to this, and they're going to see things, understand things that we won't because we can't. Mm-hmm. Okay,
2: I wonder what we're missing. Right. Exactly. I think that's that's a good we're thing. A conversation with some. Sub- Things like see how this is referencing this particular you know life experience or part of the culture that we just simply don't have a reference to I think it'd be interesting to have someone walk us through it that's on I don't want to say the inside per se but that has a greater understanding
3: of that heritage
1: yeah sort yeah. of like every time Book of Mormon the musical gets toured through town someone drags me to it and asks me how accurate things are
2: and you're and like yes yeah, pretty accurate. <laughs>
1: That as a prime example, actually, I have walked out of the theater. Not necessarily the group that I was with, but overheard conversations around me and had people take out very wrong things from that story. And I was like, "How did you, how did you not understand that that was a joke and that's not actually true? I mean, at least not." My uh, and Moroni.
0: Total tangent because you brought up Book of Mormon, and I'm sorry, for <laughs> Brian, but. Yep. Um, <laughs> when you when I saw Book of Mormon at uh, the tour in Denver, the Mormon Church actually took out a full page ad.
1: Yeah, yeah the they did, tour they did. Um, like, and yeah. like when I saw the Pantages, it was like every other page was the Mormon Church, an advertisement for that. And like, and they had some clever ads. It was like you know the book is always better than the the play or whatever. Yeah.
3: You've seen the play now. I
1: read the book. The book, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Um, but then like. I think they sort of slowly fell off on that because like the last time I was taken to it, I think they only had like two or maybe one ad in the playbill for the Mormon church. And I don't know if that was sort of a contractual obligation or something they had done or whatever that was. Um, but yeah, it was very interesting. And yeah, I have a fun have
2: story. we getting money from the Mormons.
3: Maybe. And I have a fun story about Book of Mormon because almost uh, a year ago, a year and a week ago, almost uh, the day yesterday, was clarkson my one and a half year anniversary and we met up with todd to get pretty bird and i think brian you might have yeah. been there uh and we walked past the it was the stage door of the Eccles theater and there was all these like cones set up and like stanchions and we're like what are you doing They're like oh we're doing the lottery for book of mormon and for those uh, not familiar yeah. the lottery is they like, you put your names in they draw names and you can get two seats front row for like 20 25 bucks a piece mm-hmm. and so i was like why the fuck not let's do it so we threw our, our names in there, and uh, Todd, it was cash only, and we won. So Todd spotted me the 50 bucks to get the tickets, and I then him back. And for our one-and-a-half-year anniversary, uh, we went and saw Book of Mormon, and Clark's always wanted to see it, and nice. we got front row. And half the time, cause I've seen it like four times now, it's, it was just looking over at him, because he was raised LDS, and just watching like the look of shock on his face, because he's yeah. heard the
1: songs, but seeing yeah. it is like a different experience, oh, and it was hilarious. Yeah, the so. last time it was in Southern California, a friend of mine was working on it, and I got a text message from him with a picture of like the devil costume from Spooky Mormon Hell Dream, and he was like, "I saw this and I thought of you," and I was like, "Oh man, like I've I've had those <laughs> dreams, dude. Like that's that's a real fucking thing." So uh, you ate the
3: maple donut?
1: Uh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. Um. Anyway, yes. So. Okay, tangents aside, and we'll see how much of that we keep in. Thanks, Lena. I appreciate it. Way
2: to go, future Brian. You have hey, a lot of work Brian.
1: No, it's, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Well, let's uh, go with uh, some grades around uh, the table. Lena, what is your grade for this?
0: Um, I give it an A. I liked right. it.
1: Cool. Uh, Mr.
3: Adam. Uh, I'm going to go with an A. I, I did enjoy the story, I thought it was a, a wonderful tale of redemption. Uh, I, I do wish I could have seen more about the transformation from rebels to people taking penance and learning from it. But again, it goes back to what I said is that there there's, I'm sure there's a lot of nuances that I don't understand because I can't. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there are universal truths there that I really enjoy. And I, you know, as far as something that's a bit overpriced for a short read, I, I, (laughs) I highly recommend it. So,
1: yeah. Uh, I write some of that off by supporting, um, you know, artists who may not be doing superman books and things like that so i'm a little okay with it it's sort of my
0: yeah
1: how, how i sleep at night uh mr todd what is your grade
2: What's well, interesting our biggest complaints about this book is what's not there of where yeah. we want to learn more about the characters that are experiencing everything mm-hmm. and you know they say always leave your audience wanting more but i i think that was a deficit And I agree with that. So I'm going to give this book a B because we weren't searching for more of the stories that they were telling. We were looking for the stories that they weren't.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with an A minus similar thought process. I think that in general, I liked it I think it was well done and I think um, Mm -hmm. it had an agenda and I think it um, got that agenda taken care of. I think there was a story that they were trying to tell, but I think that there was maybe some frosting that could have been put on that story that we would have all appreciated. So I'm just going to knock just a little bit off for that. Um, So, yeah. So, I mean, that's a pretty, I mean, we're about what, around an A minus average sounds like.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: A minus B plus somewhere. A minus B B plus. Cool. Luckily we haven't done a a (laughs) like, Like that was like so off the walls one way or the other that I'm like, I don't know how to do the average of this. Is that a C? What is that? Um, Cool. Uh, so next week we are going to be doing a book called Red Power, and I'll be honest with you, I haven't read any of these books. We looked at websites and found them, um, and uh, yeah, so we're going to be doing Power next week, and we will find out what it is. The week after, we are doing a book that I am actually pretty familiar with, which is called uh, Secret Path, which is illustrated by Jeff Lemire. That one's also going to be like I think that one's a very powerful book, but also a very quick read. Um, so is that
2: the one with the soundtrack.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely, which is available on Spotify as well. Um, but when I bought okay. the book, it actually came with like a little like thing in the back where you could like download the album for free for buying the comic and things like that when it first came out. Uh, in the scene. I believe the it's a uh, Gord Downey. is Gord name. Downey, yes, you who was described to me as the Canadian Bono, even though I've never heard of him. Uh, but that was the description they was was given to me when I bought the comic. So who knows if my comic shop guy is full of shit talking to you, Jacob? Um, the Canadian Bono.
2: All I'm thinking is Dawson from Dawson's Creek with his uh, bit, How oh, I Met Your Mother.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there you go.
3: Yeah. I mean,
0: James Vanderbeek Beek is from Connecticut, so I'm
3: just True. saying. And his best role is still The Bitch in Apartment 23. That was
2: a really good show. That, that was ended a great Tucson. show.
3: That was a great show. Don't Trust the Bitch, sorry. And then they call yeah. it Don't Trust the B because you, you can't say bitch.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, I liked her better in that than I did in Jessica Jones.
1: Yes, I did actually. I don't know. I really like Jessica Jones, but I don't want to get into this fight in this tangent on this episode. Um, we can do Why it after not? the we don't
2: have any
1: No, I'm done with the tangents, yeah. yo. I'm gonna be focused, laser focused. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> nice uh,
2: diffusion filter sitting right on top of that.
1: Yep. Does anybody have anything they want to add before we get completely off the rails? Because, you know, someone has to talk to a cute boy here in the near future. So we got to get off. uh, We're so off the rails, we should put a fork in it. Uh, Please do not misconstrue our rambling for uh, not liking this book. We just are, it's just very short. It was short. So we (laughs) had to do something. Uh, So, anyway, cool. Well, thank you for listening. um, And uh, we will see you all later. Bye. 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 Okay, shit, I'm in the wrong... Okay, and... Where's the stuff? There's the stuff! Damn it! You need to get used to this.